Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. What's shaking, Daniel? Oh, it's another beautiful week here in personal finance. Personal finance. Hey, I want to give everybody a... um, Make sure that they check out the Insta page. Some fun stuff going on there. Uh, Daniel is doing some Instagram live. If you're not following us on Instagram, shame on you. That's DIY.money. And I think just about every other Friday or maybe every Friday, he's coming on live and doing some interviews and taking questions from the audience. So if you're not doing that, I uh, strongly encourage you to check that out. Again, that's DIY.money. Uh, is where to find that. Anything else shaking on there, Daniel? Uh, just a lot of good, good content um, across the categories. Yeah, we've just gotten a lot of good people that we're collaborating with in the personal finance world there. And so we're sharing a lot of their good content and a lot of the stuff that we're doing. Uh, and we'd like to see what you're doing. So follow us. We'll uh, take a look at your own financial journey. There you go. All right. Uh, we're going to jump right into our question today. We've got a good one from Jesse in the NOLA. Jesse, what do you got? D-I-Y. Hey guys, my name is Jesse. I'm 32 years old and I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana. My question for you guys is that once me and my wife finish our six-month emergency fund, which should actually be in the next couple months, where should we go ahead and start putting money aside so it can actually grow? We currently have two Roth IRAs and my work 401k, which currently have 100% equity investment allocation. So basically my question is, how can we go ahead and put money aside and avoid having the same sort of investments that are in both our Roth IRAs and my 401k? I really appreciate some guidance on this. Thanks, guys. Okay. Uh, that's You know, that's a good question because I think so many people that are on the journey of personal finance, wealth building... They come across this. This is the you know this is the step where you're now starting to build wealth, and in an environment that we've been in that's highly volatile in the stock market, I think so many people have a question. You know, is there other are there other areas or what should we be doing? You know, what where else can we be invested in? So, what say you, Daniel? Sure. So, Jesse, I'm going to walk you through my thought process here on sort of how I look at this in my own personal financial life and let you kind of glean some. Some thoughts from that. Uh, So first and foremost, when I look at my retirement accounts, uh, I do a calculation to figure out uh, in my financial plan what I need in those retirement accounts uh, around the time that I retire. So factor in Social Security, inflation, investment returns, et cetera. And then I make sure I'm contributing enough to those on a monthly basis uh, to hit that goal, uh, plus a little bit more just for wiggle room. Uh, But I contribute that to those. And I put that in an allocation that matches my plan, et cetera. So that's one bucket. That bucket is all designed around a very long-term goal. For me, that's about 30-ish years uh, to retirement. And I set it, I forget it. uh, I update it when I update my plan. But for the most part, it sits there and it's invested pretty aggressively like yours. And then I have, like you're starting to look at, these other buckets, okay? So once retirement is fully funded, and again, keep in mind, for me, retirement fully funded does not mean I'm maxing those accounts out to the maximum allowable by tax law, 
but I'm maxing them out plus a little extra for what I need in my personal financial plan uh, that I've put together for myself and I've calculated the amount that I need in there. There's a big difference in that. So rule of thumb that you sometimes hear is max those out, you know, to the maximum allowable, but that then hinders what you're tar talking about, Jesse, in that you might want to build wealth outside of retirement accounts. And that's awesome. So when I start looking at building wealth outside of retirement accounts, I will open up an account for any particular goal. So you might have a goal that's, you know, buying a house with cash eventually, or paying down, you know, paying off your home mortgage or kids education, or you might just have one that's open-ended. That's just generally building wealth. And I think uh, what I would look at when I'm looking at what to invest in those, I would make sure that the investment allocation lines up with sort of the time horizon and the amount of risk that I'm willing to take over that time horizon. So uh, as you alluded to, if your retirement accounts are 100% stocks, but your time horizon for this you know, wealth building non-retirement account is more like five years, four years, something of that nature, that's a pretty short timeline for stocks. Stocks can move around pretty significantly within that timeline. That might be too much risk. So you might dial that down to um, say 50-50, 50% stocks, 50% bonds, some real estate, some gold, et cetera in there. Those aren't investment recommendations, but they're just things that you can look at to kind of balance out that uh, investment allocation and provide a little bit more uh, steady returns, less volatile overall. Uh, so that's one thing you can look at, but you also have to consider your personal financial goals and what it is you are really after when you're developing wealth outside of your retirement accounts, because you can also get into things like say rental real estate or invest in starting a business. Um, what other things can you do? Real estate, business, stocks, bonds, gold, Bitcoin, uh, highly speculative, but it is another option. Um, yeah, there's a whole wide variety. Stocks and bonds are are the technically the simplest and most straightforward because they are readily liquid. You may not be able to sell them for the price that you want all the time. If you were selling back in March when the market was, uh, for all intents and purposes, pretty much tanking uh, and you had to take it out at that point, you weren't going to get what you wanted out of it probably. But it is liquid. It's not a piece of real estate. It's not a rental house that you kind of have to put on the market and hope a buyer comes along. It is very liquid. And that's the reason that people will generally stick with stocks, bonds, um, ETFs that hold gold, commodities, things like that, uh, even in their wealth development. But if you're getting creative, if you're a businessman, an entrepreneur, and you want to get into the rental real estate, that's another option as well. I love buckets, lots of buckets, not just one bucket, not just two buckets and not just three buckets. All right, excellent. Um, that gives you a lot of background. I think you can go back and I, there were some nuances in there that sort of I was checking off on my list. One of the things you didn't mention, Jesse, was putting away for kids. You didn't mention kids, so maybe you don't have them. Uh, I know that's another bucket and, and Daniel alluded to just that. I love buckets. Uh, the approach that I'm gonna take from this angle is one of the greatest piece of advice that I got long ago from a very, very wealthy individual. It's actually an individual who helped start Sotheby's real estate, ended up being um, purchased, bought out. Now, you know, one of the wealthiest families in, um, in the Eastern Seaboard. But nonetheless, uh, the individual said, invest in what you like. And I took that to heart because I was actually asking him about collectibles. I was saying, you know, oh, what, what do you think as far as long-term collectibles? You know, what would you be interested in? And he said, you know... I would invest in what you enjoy, what you like. So in, in regards to that, what I'm gleaning from your question, Jesse, is more about correlation of assets. 
And Daniel alluded to that with gold and real estate. But again, I, I think what you're getting at is, you know, if the market, the stock market's down 25%, you don't necessarily want what you've built outside of the retirement accounts where you have 100% invested in stocks to be also down 25%. So I would strongly, and I mean very, very strongly, do uh, encourage you to do a deep dive into what you enjoy and what you're good at. So over the years, I, I mean, I mean, I've I've ventured into everything. So I, I mean, and and in hindsight, well, I shouldn't say that I shouldn't have done all of it because some of it's really working well. But nonetheless, I can recall having I had five townhomes at one time. Now it just was a fluke; they just be, kept coming available in this section of town that I lived in. So I kept buying them, and and the bank was more than willing to extend me credit. I hated, I hated dealing with tenants. It was not my thing. I mean, fast forward 20 years, I could still have those. They'd probably be paid off. It'd probably be worth a few million bucks. Uh, well, five townhomes, maybe not. Million dollars. Okay. Million, million, two, whatever. But the, the, the reality is, and I've said this before, I've talked about this, I, I couldn't stand dealing with tenants and payments and so forth. And you see this, you you know, people who are sort of proclaiming the the greatness of, of real estate and, and rental properties, they don't, unless you have a candid conversation, they do not really go into all of the crap that's associated with that. I had to take somebody to court and I didn't want to. They had a good reason, but they weren't paying their rent and I had to get them out. You know about the rent? Oh, no, no, don't you I, worry about that, Roy. You pay me the money whenever you get it because I know you are good for it. Now you've got a shift, a dramatic shift, even more to the tenants. Uh, so I, you know, the minute I could sell out of those, I, I just got out of those. Now, fast forward, have a couple commercial properties. One we rent to ourselves, so we're actually uh, great tenants. But the other one is rented uh, to someone else. And the commercial aspect, I like a lot more. Why? Because if a business doesn't pay their rent, then they're not going to remain occupied. I mean, that's a bad sign, right? They're going out of business. I mean, and so this is a very uh, prioritized payment for them. So I have really enjoyed that. I've also enjoyed, I believe it or not, have an investment in, in some horses. And you talk about speculation. I mean, that is crazy. But I'm invested with a gentleman who's been doing it for almost 50 years. I do nothing. I, in fact, I took my family out the other night to go see the horses that we have invested in. That has done, that has been one of the best return on investments we've had um, ever. Now, why did that work? I don't have the expertise, but this individual does. The, what I would encourage you, Jesse, and I'm going to kind of leave it here and stop beating this, but what do you enjoy? What do you like to do? And I can pretty much guarantee, I know it's a deadly word in this industry, but I can pretty much guarantee there's a way for you to invest and to make money doing that. So if you like something, if you're passionate about something, and you want to, you know, do a side gig, build a side business, invest in real estate, you know, whatever it is, do that. That's what I would encourage you. And I think that's really what you're asking as far as correlation or non-correlation of assets. And, and you know, once you figure that out, build it. I mean, just scale it, continue to grow and continue to do it. I would say, you know, be smart about it. Don't risk any more than you're not afford to lose, you know, that sort of thing. So hopefully that, that answers your question. Again, I'd go back, dissect what Daniel 
talked about as far as the different type of accounts, different type of asset classes, et cetera. But again, I, I think that the summary is find something that you really enjoy, that you're good at, and don't be afraid to invest in that going forward. It might be non-traditional, but I'll tell you, you'll do very, very well. All right. That was a great question. Jesse from the NOLA is going to get $25 Amazon gift card. If you're new to the show, it was simple. All he did was sent us a voice memo from his smartphone. He sent that to podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. We are always open to receiving your questions. It may take us. I think Jesse sent that a few months ago. Uh, sometimes it's time sensitive and we want to get it in there. Other times we kind of put it in the can and, and we you know bring it out when we think it's a good subject matter. But we're getting those questions. We really appreciate that interaction. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, if you haven't yet checked us out on Instagram, please do. That's DIY.money. If you're a Facebook fan, we've got a DIY tribe going on over there in Facebook. Uh, that's the DIY tribe. And, oh, by the way, hot off the press, if you haven't checked it out yet, the DIY Money book that outlines the whole strategy, uh, the steps to, to live the DIY money lifestyle with some ancillary nooks and crannies in there. You can check that out on Amazon. That's DIY Money, the book. All right, friends, it's been a good one. We'll see you next week. And remember, the secret to wealth is very simple. Live on less than you make, invest the rest, and do so for a very long time. Make it a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.